Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Muted and can speak with the host. Go ahead, brother. Welcome, everyone, to our Friday night Bible study and fellowship here on this new talk show venue. It's good to have you here. Good to have the ones in the chat room, and I appreciate the ones that download as well. As I have always, always say that, and I know y'all get probably tired of hearing it, but anyway, I am thankful, and it's good to have you here tonight. Well, tonight we're be in Acts chapter 27, and we're fixing to wind up the book of Acts, and in between the book of Acts and going to Colossians, I've got a sermon that I want to preach that um, I've been working on most of the earlier part of today, and um, just thought I'd throw that in there, and uh, then we will be in Colossians. But before the program, before we got the program started, we were talking about this, that, and the other. Brother Dave, uh, if you would, Go ahead and read um, first, um, Revelations chapter um, 1, 5, and 6 again, okay? Okay. <clears throat> and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God, and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen 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 that's the scripture that i posted today and um people read that and just you know and it's hard folks you know when you're going through all kind of stuff here to think you're you are you are the present tense see it's caused a lot of the historians to try to make it, oh, well, we're king of our home, we're king of our castle. I've heard all kinds of um, so-called doctrinal explanations for that. But the but they completely refuse to go back and see what Paul said about our standing position in Christ now, which we will learn about in Colossians chapter 1. But Paul says that we are seated, present tense, with Christ, in heavenly places. Now, as I was talking about before I told Brother Kevin, go ahead, we need to record this. I was discussing with a brother today about our standing position, and I brought some points out that I've touched on before. I never really got into it, but I'm going to get into it now before we get into Acts chapter 27, because like I said, we're, we're fixing to finish this book on that. And, and in that, we ain't got but one more chapter. So, 
It says, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. If you guys remember in Acts, whenever the woman came to the door, Peter was in jail, and the woman came to the door, and everybody thought Peter was in jail, and she went and told them, and they said, oh, had no way, woman, you're crazy, you're mad. It must be his angel, okay? Keep that in mind. It looked, it must be his angel. Well, undoubtedly, the angel they're talking about, they knew something that we don't, nobody talks about. Now let me, now let me take you to what the Lord himself said. He was talking about children, and he had some children in front of him. He said, their angel doth always appear before the throne of God. Talking about kids. Their angel. And the woman said that, and the people said that was Peter's angel. Well, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I believe. And I believe the scriptures back it up with the verses. If you believe the book. I believe that on the other side of the veil, there is an entity that represents each and every individual elected God. And I believe that the battle goes on the, on, on the other side of the veil, just as our battle goes on here. There's too much scripture that tells us that we're in a warfare, a spiritual warfare. Then you have these other verses that tells you we've got an entity that represents us, where Paul even says we are seated with Christ, in heavenly places, I believe the actions that we do here in our motives and our actions that we do for Christ on this side of the veil, somehow or another affects the entity on the other side of the veil that's doing the warfare for us. Does that make spiritual sense to you, Brother Dave? Yes, it does. That why else would the prayer be so important? Why? Because the Holy Spirit makes intercessions for us. Why else would Paul tell you to put on the whole armor of God? Why else would he lay out everything like it's a battle for we wrestle not again? All this physical stuff. Then you have these other verses that indicate that our, their angels always appear before the Father and have stand before the throne. The woman, the people thought that, hey, you must have seen Peter's angel because he's in jail. Well, he was alive. He wasn't dead. See? Wasn't like they'd cut his head off and then I could understand you spiritualizing it then. They're thinking, oh, he's done gone on and you just saw an apparition of him. You have to study. You study the scriptures very carefully and you start seeing this stuff. I think it's doctrinally sound. That's my opinion. That's that woman can go to the Old Testament. When Elijah opened the eyes of his servant, and they looked and they, he was they were surrounded by a whole army of people, and they didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of getting out. And Elijah didn't, he wasn't worried about nothing. He said, he said, let me show you something. And the Lord opened the veil for him. And they were surrounded with chariots of fire and people that were going to fight for them on the other side. Remember that, Brother David, in Second Kings? 
Yes, 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 yes. You see how it makes sense now a little bit more? Can you see that? Or, or, or am I delusional? I'm asking you a question. Oh, me? Yeah, yeah I have. Um, yeah, I've always thought that there were our angels on the other side of the veil and they can come on this side and go back and forth. Yeah. But I'm but, but the main point I'm trying to make is our actions. Oh yeah, real mm -hmm. Christians, our actions on this side affect the other side. Yes, our actions our and our prayers on the it? other side. Right. That's the point I'm trying to make. Nobody teaches this. It's like I told the brother today. You won't find one church, probably that I know of within a thousand miles that teaches this doctrine and i have never got into it deep deep i could go back and pull more verses of scripture and they all and if they're not out of context because they're all dealing with this reality and the other side of the veil you understand brother dave it's not out of context no it's not not out of context at all so Give it, give that some thought. That anything that I can tell you that will make you be, that will make you work for the Lord more. That's that's right and and pure and true and scriptural. I want to, I want to give you. I want to give you the whole counsel of God. When you get when these people that call themselves Christians, like that reprobate John McCain that out of his own mouth said he wasn't a born-again Christian, and then they parade this, this idol around like he's a god. And it, it goes right along with what I talk about all the time. When the world's for it, folks, it is not of God. God doesn't line up with this world system. He doesn't line up with what the world loves. He doesn't line up with, what, with the way the world talks. He doesn't line up with it one bit whatsoever. That's why the admonitions to despise it. Literally. And the things that are in it. Because we're going to be kings and priests. We're going to rule and reign with Christ. We're going to rule with him and reign with him. Some over ten cities, you know. Some over five cities. That's good stuff. If, if if you could just get if you could get just get that, it it, it helps you. Through, I know it helps me through pain. It helps me through depression and loneliness and stuff that that I have in my own life. Just go. Just I'm just telling you the truth, being honest and passionate. You know, good for the soul. Stuff that I have. That's the kind of stuff that keeps hitting. That comes back to me. There's something that the things that are wrought by prayer is going to astound the very people that stand before the judgment seat of Christ when they find out what has been wrought by simple prayer. Guarantee you. Because the word of God backs it up. I mean, God even has a vial in all the prayers there in Revelation, all the, the prayers of the saints are right there. He hadn't forgotten none of them. Amen, Brother Dave? Yes, yes. The, um, censor, uh, the, 
Do what? I was just going to say that, you know, I don't know why I have an echo, but I'm using I'm headphones. headphones. Yeah, but we don't, it, it's not going to come through on, on YouTube. It doesn't come through on the, on the recording. Or it hadn't been. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, um, what I was going to say about, you know, our life affecting what is on the other side as well as what obviously is affecting on this side and the spiritual warfare aspects like ephesians covers that the, the whole book mm. right Ephesians. If you read it yeah but specifically if you read the whole book it's all about it the, everything you know sometimes people say oh well it's this part is going into that but the like this part about your lifestyle here is affecting the other side. This is one of the main emphasis of the whole book, right? As well as affecting your life here. Oh, currently, but, the book of Ephesians yeah. has been called the heavenly book. That's it's, kept, yes. it's been down through the ages. It's been tabbed the heavenly book. Absolutely. You're mm -hmm. absolutely right. And mm -hmm. in retrospect, looking at it, um, also what's done on the other side of the veil probably affects us on this side as well and by you know vice versa working yes. both ways mm -hmm. working both ways because the spirit of god knows what the will of god is in every aspect of our life turn to romans 8 and show you what okay. i'm talking about folks and then we'll get into acts chapter 27. romans 8 acts, okay romans 8 go down um right before Romans 8, 18, where it talks about the spirit maketh uh, the spirit um, maketh them right. Where Paul yeah. uses his southern accent, or I reckon. Yeah, hey, on above, where it talks about the, the spirit making intercession for us. Oh, okay. we, don't, we don't know what we ought to pray for. Okay. Okay, I'll start there. Um, verse 14, Romans 8. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Is that it? No, uh -uh, it's further up. Oh, okay. Um, about that part about Papa and all that, just as an aside, you know, crying Abba Father, that's like uh, Papa, right? Oh, that's exactly what that word means, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see, the Spirit himself maketh intercessions mm -hmm. it's right above where you started at for the spirit itself make the intercession for we know not what we should pray for for the spirit itself make us intercession for us with words that cannot be uttered for he knoweth the will he knoweth the mind of god mm -hmm. i can't remember the very verse number but that's where it's at it's right there in verse 18 and verse 10 okay okay verse 26 
Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There you go. And he that go ahead, go ahead. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. There you go. There's somebody doing something for us on the other side of the veil that we don't know anything about. Folks, let me tell you something when it comes to the will of God. All these people that are running around here talking about the will of God, this, the will of God, that, the will of God, this, the will of God, that. There's a lot more to the will of God in some matters than you, you can have something that just absolutely the motive's right, it looks right, all the Christian brethren think it's right. And it may have been done for a hundred years. And the Lord may have blessed it in another individual's life. But it may not be the will of God for you. Because we have a prayer promise in First John that if we ask anything according to his will, he's going to answer it. That tells you right there that will, well, a lot of the stuff we think is the will of God is not the will of God for us in our life. That make, does that make sense to you, Brother Dave? Can you repeat do you understand, that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, can you repeat it again? I said a lot of the things that we think are the will of God for our life by God not answering, he's showing you that it's not because we have the promise that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know he heareth us, we know we have the petition we desire of him. Yes. That's a prayer promise. And that mm -hmm. goes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I... the spirit, but the spirit of God knows the mind of God and knows the will of God according to what you just read and every one of those prayers that are prayed by the spirit for us god answers because right. he knows the mind of the father but there's not a timetable laid out as to when he will answer well of course not okay god don't have so no time. I, I, right so i'm just uh, by that i'm just in, inferring that if you pray once and don't get an answer oh well it must not be god I'll go on. No, no, of course oh. not. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, this is what this is my recommendation to anybody. Okay, you may have a different idea. That's fine. You got faith to do it. That's wonderful. I use the scriptural. I use the scripture for my reasoning. Paul went to God three times to do something for him, which would seem like it was the will of God. It wasn't. He went to the Lord three times. I take something to, this is me now. Like I said, you can carry it a thousand times if you want to. I go three times to the Lord in earnest. Especially the third time is in big time earnest and usually has got some other stuff that goes along with it, which I'll keep to myself. But I go to the Lord three times with it. And if it's, if it's not answered, I leave it alone and say the lord's will be done that's what i do you do is, is that, that 
Is that prayers for your personal life or is that? That's prayers for that, that's prayers for my personal life. Okay. That's prayer. But not when life. you're praying for others. No, Lord, no. Well, okay. No, sir. Mm -hmm. Read. Not supplicatory prayer and intercessory prayer. Absolutely not. Yes. I'm talking about individual prayer. Because the rev the okay. reason I gave you is Paul was it was his personal prayer. Yes. And that's what I use for my own personal life. Okay. Right, right. I that's, just wanted to make sure people understood that. That's good. I'm glad you brought that up. And that's the reason that I made, I said what I said. You know, it, it's between you and God. You do as you please. But that's the way I do my personal prayer in my own personal life. Period. And if people keep on praying, you know, praise God. God may answer their prayer later on. We didn't answer mine. You know, hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. You know, but mm -hmm. on, on personal things, Three times that been there, and like I said, the reason I do it because that's how many the greatest Christian that ever lived went to the Lord, and the Lord didn't heal him about something, okay? And had he, he and the Lord sure couldn't uh, point his finger and said, "Paul, you went out and been whoring around and drunk and blah 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 blah." Nope. That's the greatest Christian ever lived couldn't get a prayer answered. Because the Lord said his grace was sufficient. Just go there and read that and before people will under, get the context of what Paul said, brother. It's in 1 Corinthians. I think it's in 1 Corinthians. It may be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I believe. So they can get the context of what I'm talking about. And see what Paul did. You say, well, you're not no Paul. Not, no, but I'm doing what the Bible says. Be you a follower of me as I am a follower of Christ. That's what he told us to do over five times. That's the reason I try to set my, I try to do according to what the book says, not what I want it to say. And then when you get through with this, reading this, I want you to go to 1 John chapter 3. But first of all, we'll start here. If you're looking in your concordance for it, you'll yeah. find it. Yeah. You'll find it by the words by saying, My grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll try that. Okay. That'd be Second Corinthians twelve nine. Yeah, hey, I missed it. A couple chapters. All right, go ahead. Okay. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient. Now, but go back up and read what he's praying about, okay? Okay. Verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Oh, is that powerful. Lord, have mercy, is that powerful. My strength is made perfect in your weakness, is what God told Paul. And old Paul's one has suffered to it. And so he's going to glory in his infirmities. And he, he makes that very statement a number of times. If I glory in anything, I'll glory in my infirmities. 
all the lashes and pain and beating and near-death experiences and shipwrecks and holding on and starving and all that kind of stuff. He'll glory in that. That's what he said he'd glory in, glory in his infirmities. Okay, I want you to go to 1 John and read this prayer promise that nobody likes, okay? Because people think they know the will of God for their life all the time. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That's the way it starts off. I think it's 1 Peter 3, um, I mean 1 Peter. 1 John chapter 4, 13 or 15 um, or 5, 13 to 15, something like It's right in there somewhere. Okay. If you, I, I got to do type in according to it. Um, 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 and this is the confidence. Yes. Right. Folks, every bit of this we're talking about from the uh, the other side of the veil and the workings and all this, this is all personal stuff for your personal Christian life. Okay? That you're not going to get to First Baptist Church. Let me go get it. Uh, First John chapter 321. Okay. Love, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. Uh, that's not and no, oh yeah, here. No. And this is the confidence. That's just, and this is the confidence. I, I quote, I, I quoted it a while ago. I quoted it verbatim, but I want you to read. I know. I don't know why I can't find it. Okay, it's First John five fourteen. That's what I didn't find. Okay, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. There you go. That's a prayer promise that I mean, you just don't hear preachers preaching on that. You don't hear them talking about that. Now I've tied it in with Paul. Prayer to God about his thorn in the flesh. And I've explained to you that that's the, that's the template that I use myself for my own personal prayer. And maybe it's time that uh, some of you rethought your prayers. The way you do your prayer life and the way you go about it. It's not, uh, prayer is big. It's a big deal. It's a big, it's, it's hard. Real labor's prayer is not just, oh, Lord, do this. Oh, Lord, do that. It's not that way. Groaning in prayer and getting and getting meaning business with God, God pays attention to that. You agree with that, Brother Dave? Yes. Yes, true heartfelt prayer. He agrees with fasting. <laughs> you're, you're, showing a personal, you're showing a personal um, a denial. Denying yourself. 
say, well, I, 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 no, it's denying yourself. And in the sermon that I'm going to teach and that, that I'm going to preach to y'all, I'm going to bring some points out about you denying yourself that you ain't heard before. I'm going to show you that unknowingly, I'll just go ahead and give you a little taste right now, that unknowingly you follow satanic doctrine. And I'll leave it at that, ignorantly. And when I finish, you won't be ignorant of it. Acts chapter 27, brother. Okay. And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. And entering into the ship of Adramitium, we launched, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, one Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously, courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. And when we had launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus, because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the Sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy. And he put us therein. And when we had sailed slowly many days and scarce were come over against Canidus, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salome. Solomon, and hardly passing it, came unto a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lacia. Now, when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenice, and there to winter, which is an haven of Crete, and lieth toward the south, west, and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. Isn't that just the way the devil gives it to you? Absolutely, brother. You could take that and extrapolate that out into a good sermon. Oh, yeah, I've heard a few. And that, as a matter of fact, it's going to go along, that'll go along perfectly with my sermon. But anyway, go ahead. Yes, okay. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. That's, that's Eurocladon, brother. Yeah, that's right. Eurocladon. Forgot the pronunciation. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clada, we much worked to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship 
and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, straight sail, and so were driven. And we, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Okay, there, that the angel of God. If you can't understand that the angel of the Lord is the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament by this statement, you just don't. You just can't put together. You can't understand Scripture. This is the angel. He's calling Jesus Christ the angel of God. Undoubtedly, the Lord, um, in his glorified state, decided to take on angelic state and come and speak to Paul and comfort Paul and tell him what was going to happen. How do you know it's the Lord? Because Paul said, read it again, brother. Okay, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Hey there, whose I am and whom I serve. Yes. Is there any doubt, Brother Dave? No, not at all. None Paul at all. wasn't serving any angel. No way. Absolutely not. Go ahead, brother. Verse 24, saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as I, it was told me, howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down in the Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near some country and sounded and found it 20 fathoms and when they had gone a little further they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms i don't then know if I don't, excuse me brother i don't know if y'all understand what sounding means but i'll explain it to you it's where they throw a rope with a weight on it over the side and see how deep the water is go ahead brother dave then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day and as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship when they had let down the boat into the sea under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers except these abide in the ship ye cannot be saved and sermon right there too except you abide in the ship you cannot be saved and that ship's the lord jesus christ there's a song called yeah. ship ahoy 
beautiful song. Brother Dave, this ain't got nothing to do with this, but did you get the um, certain, the songs that I sent you? Yes, I did. Okay, just wondering. That, that okay. reminds me about thinking ship all way. Okay, go ahead, brother. Okay. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, this day is the 14th day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. When he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. I think of how many people that sat down and stuffed their face three times a day, all the time. I, I just think about people that just take their food for granted, never give God thanks, never just just take it for granted. Well, the Lord knows my heart. I, I, I've heard him say that. And never ask the Lord to bless their food. Don't forget in First Timothy chapter 4 that that food's not even cleansed unless you ask the Lord to bless it. Y'all did know that, right? That's what it says. <laughs> Amen, Brother Dave. Amen. Yes. Just for a little added conviction on some, maybe some folks out there that say, oh, the Lord knows my heart. Go over there and read it, brother. First Timothy 4. Okay. Just in case some of the listeners think, yeah, he, he just don't have this between me and God and God knows my heart. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. It, it, people's got so much that God knows my heart. They forgot how to work for God and do the and be obedient, be obedient to God's commands. Just like I posted on Facebook, um, talking about this time period that God's give us and um, how each individual, including myself, and in admonition to the pastors that read it or anybody that shared it and read it there ought to be a personal repentance in each and every one of our lives and ask god to take the gifts and the talents that he's given us and use them during this slack period of time or this 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 time this ninabetic time that he's given us to make to make our country and i'm speaking about um, the united states of america i'm still praying for you guys up there in the north of us but here in america we need to, it ain't got nothing to do with politics. It ain't got nothing to do with Congress. It ain't got nothing to do with the Senate. And then, I, and then I put the quote in there by Alexander de Tocqueville that he went over, that when he to find out about America's greatness, he went over the land and he saw our mountains and he didn't see, that wasn't what made America great. He saw its great rivers and that wasn't what made America great. Then he went, it wasn't the Congress and all its laws and this great constitution. And that wasn't what made it. He didn't feel like that's what made America great. But it wasn't until he went into the churches and heard the fiery sermons of righteousness and judgment to come did he figure out why America was special and great. And he said, America was great because America was good during this period of time. And he says, America will cease to be great when America ceases to be good. Yes. 
and that goes for any country and any people. Then I put the verse of scripture to go with it. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 24, 43. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Any people. Not just America, any people. Yes. Canada, Australia, anywhere. Anywhere our people's at. All right, Brother Dave, read this about asking yes. the Lord. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Got that? It's set apart by your action, by your prayer. Oh, the Lord knows my heart, huh? If you can't even discipline yourself to do that, and you think you're doing the works of God and obeying God, you're deceived. You, you you've deceived your own self, folks. I mean, I I understand. Sometimes you forget. I understand how you get in a rush. Sometimes I understand grabbing a burger or something, riding down the road going. I understand all that, but that's not the point I'm trying to make. That's such a simple, that's such a simple command to obey that if you can't do that, don't give me, don't even talk to me about anything else. Especially when people don't do it because of, out of embarrassment or they don't oh, want to brother, don't other need people to around them. Absolutely. Don't even get me started on that or I'll start, as Brother Tony says, I'll start spitting and slobbering because I will get yes. about and and they ain't talking about you ain't got to stand up and say in a in, in Denny's or or in uh, some or Montana's the restaurant if it's still in Pensacola and you don't have to stand up and say oh God take yeah. this food and set it apart <laughs> and bless it for the nourishment of our bodies dear God oh Holy Father in Jesus name that's not what it's about folks okay. You ain't got to show your butt. That's drawing attention to yourself, not to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, Dave? Amen. Continue on, brother. Okay, so back at Acts. Yeah. Verse 36. Then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And we were in all in the, excuse me, and we were all, were in all in the ship 200 three score and 16 souls 276 mm. and when and when they had eaten enough they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea and when it was day they knew not the land but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into the which they were minded if it were possible to thrust in the ship and when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoised up the main sail to the wind and made towards shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the fore part stuck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept 
them from their purpose and commanded so that. So we see here that Paul has testimony and his way of life and his actions and his words has convinced this centurion and he's won over this centurion's trust. Amen, Brother Dave? Yes. Yes, and indeed. That's how important you don't think about it sometimes when you're around a bunch of people. Your testimony and your, not your reputation. You ain't talking about reputation. Reputation can be made in a moment. You can be a hero and all of a sudden everybody loves you. And then you can go around the corner and get caught with a, with a whore and your reputation shot. Reputations are made in a moment and destroyed in a moment. But a testimony, your testimony for Jesus Christ, character, it takes a lifetime to build. Your character can't be destroyed in a moment, and it takes a lifetime to build it. Amen, Brother Dave? Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, you, character is something you just can't fake in the long run. Nope, and pay close attention to what I said, folks. Okay, that's just as scriptural as John 3, 16. All these little bitty things that you do eventually wind up building Christian character. Each little bitty, each little bitty thing, your obedience, and I'll get to end in that's coming up in the sermon. I'll hit on these things. It builds your Christian character. You don't just all of a sudden become this flaming, great voice for God or great servant of God. It takes a little bit of time. It takes little bitty things, little bitty things, little bitty rocks build big, big fortresses, okay? Little bricks build big houses. To use uh, illustration that a child can understand. And it's just as, and, it, and it's got just as much power behind it as anything else in the Word of God. Yep, you don't wake up. Amen, brother. You don't wake up one morning and all of a sudden you you're this you're this fireball for God. It takes it takes it goes. It's a lifetime of experience. It's a it's the the walk of the Christian life. It's the how you deal with the troubles. It's how you deal with the good times and the bad times put together. It's how you treat your fellow man. In all situations, it's your obedience to the book just to boil it down. It's your obedience to the book and disobedience, as I'll show you in the sermon. Anyway, not going to go, on. go ahead, brother. Okay, verse 43. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land and the rest some on board some on broken pieces of the ship and so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land just and like paul said and just like the the lord jesus told him that everybody would get to land everybody be safe and not a hair is going to fall from their head absolute fact next chapter brother yes acts what, chapter 28 what, what time is it what time is it uh, seven, seven zero oh, oh nine your time central. So we've been on a little about about um, how long, brother Kevin? A little over an hour, or we've we going an hour yet? 
it says we've been talking for an hour and 24 minutes, but I think 36 minutes of that was preambled before we recorded. So about 50 minutes, I think. Okay, we'll go just a little bit further. Okay. Acts chapter 28, verse 1. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people shewed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened onto his hand. You know, undoubtedly, that, that was a supernatural snake. <laughs> it come out of the fire. Isn't that what it says? Yeah. It came <laughs> up out of the heat. That's right. Came up out of the well. Maybe it. Maybe it. Maybe you, you could read it that it just got warm and the snake crawled up and bit him. Maybe you could read that into it. But it yeah. sure looks like that it came out of the fire to me. But yes. anyway, here Paul just Paul's going to do one of them other miracles. He's going to handle that serve. Here's a fulfillment of they shall handle snakes and they shall not be heard in Mark 16. It yes. were everybody, this snake handlers verse uh, and I. You, know where they all were this is one of them snake handling verses um but just go get you a rattlesnake down and and <laughs> let him latch on to you and see how how wonderful you are and shake it off and go traipsing on down to walmart or wherever you go mm -hmm. and see how you come out and lord I, i'm not saying that maybe the lord will take care of you in that but i would imagine if you was uh, in the jungle somewhere and you were on a missionary doing things for the Lord and the Lord well there's no doubt in my mind about it if it ain't your time to go and it's, the Lord ain't ready to put his finger on your heart and stop your breath you'll shake it off and be fine if you don't have no help there ain't no doubt in my mind the Lord he go to you and you'll go right on because if you've got some the Lord's going to get out of you what he wants as long as you're in the process of trying to do it once you stop you run the risk of the lord taking your breath away just like he did those corinthians that took the lord's the communion the wrong way okay some are sickly some are weak and some sleep the lord killed them but if you've got stuff to do for the lord and the lord's got specific things they can five rattlesnakes bite you and you'll be fine the lord will heal you and and i because listen folks you may get the wrong idea from me sometimes healing was in the atonement okay healing was definitely in the atonement both in the past and right now it just ain't like it's crazy it's cropped out to be by a lot of people yeah, it's believe, not automatic. I believe in healing as much as anybody. This Megan that we keep praying for is making a miraculous recovery. I think God's all over it because it's just making the doctors raise their eyebrows. And it may it might be the answer to one of your prayers that's been praying for. But you, some people get me wrong that, that I don't believe. I absolutely do. I, yes, I believe in healing. 
Do I, do I, and I've been to healing services, and as a matter of fact, where I'm going, I'll be within um, a half a mile of a place where they have healing services all the time, and I may visit. But folks, I've been to enough healing services, I kid, and I wished I had five or ten dollars for every one I've been to. I'm still blind as a bat, okay? So I'm just telling you, just like Paul couldn't get rid of his thorn in the flesh. If the Lord has got a purpose for your sickness, a greater purpose that you don't know what that will of God is, there's nowhere in the word of God, in the in nowhere in the New Testament where it talks about you're supposed to, supposed to be healthy, wealthy, and wise during your Christian life. I wish you'd find it for me if it's if, if you think it's there. But that's what everybody strives for. But it ain't in the word of God. It ain't there. It was associated in the old covenant. It was tied to their spirit. It was tied to Judaism, Mosaic, under the law. But it's not in the New Testament. It's absolutely flipped. So, yes, I believe in healing as much as I believe in healing, but healing probably more than Benny Hinn or Kenneth Copeland or any of those charlatans ever have. I've seen him heal. I've seen him stop blood flows instantaneously. Even told y'all about it before. So, don't ever accuse me of not believing in healing. You do. You just you, you you don't you don't know Don Spears. I just don't believe in the fake healing, and I don't believe in the the mass people flip flopping around on the ground. Okay, women with a dress up around their neck, and somebody would push being pushed in there by in a wheelchair by somebody that's done been paid off, and oh, they jump up out of the wheelchair and run around the building. That's the kind of stuff that 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 is purely satanic and it absolutely makes me sick and I'll call them out in a heartbeat. If you don't believe me, just pay for my way to one of the meetings and I'll show you or go with me and I'll prove it to you that it's a fake. That it's a crock. It's all about making money and being popular. That's And it's all of the devil. That stuff that I just got through talking about, not the healing part. So don't, but don't, don't you ever accuse me of not believing in 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 in, in healing? Never, ever. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, and you know, I when we read the scriptures, neither none of the apostles, none of the deacons, nobody made their ministry uh, just a healing ministry. That's all nope. they did was you and know. Some that's one of the gifts in the body of Christ is healing, okay? Yes. It yes, went away, and I'm not going to get into it tonight, but that's going to be the second sermon right. I preach. I'm going through chapter 12 and 13 of 1 Corinthians. But anyway. Right. But with today, we have these ministers that specialize in healing, and that's Whoa. like the only thing. And then, but back in, in what we've just been reading in Acts and all through the New Testament, they preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, taught the word of God, doctrine, line upon line, here a little, there a little. They didn't just specialize in one gift or something. 
Like that wasn't their ministry, right? And so why do these guys come up with these things where they're trying to get people enamored into one specific thing that God heals and that's all? And stop I'll there. Tell you what, brother, you know false doctrine. It's sure. It's about it's got to do with that thing in their back pocket. Yep. Yep. That's a, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. And I hate them. I despise them. I think they're out of the pits of hell. Yeah. That they've that they've destroyed so many people's faith, and they, I mean, old ladies that is, has laid in the bed with sores. And I'm personally thinking about one over in Pensacola right now. There was mm-hmm. a prayer warrior, and they had to, the nurses had to turn her over and put salve on her bed sores because she couldn't get out. She couldn't get out of bed. And then, yes. and then the sap suckers come around with their laying on the hands crap from Brownsville from their great revival they had down there and and and, and her almost destroyed that poor old woman's faith. Mm. And, I, and anyway, anyway, it's a personal thing with me, brother. Let's go on. Let's finish this yeah, somehow. Absolutely. Personal with me as well. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand. They said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that <laughs> he was a god. <laughs> Got that part wrong. <laughs> yes. Oh me. That's like when they tried to call one of them uh, when they try him and Silas, they tried to make them want to make everybody a god. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Right. In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when he was done. Excellent. Outstanding verse just goes along with what we just got through talking about. This guy can throw off a serpent off his hand and he can heal Publius' father. Heal him, lay his hands on him and heal him, but he can't get healed. And he couldn't heal, he can't get healed, he couldn't heal. Later, he couldn't even heal his own friends. You've got to remember that because there's a reason for it. Continue on, brother. Verse 9. So when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed, who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they laded us with such things as we, as were necessary. And after three months, we departed in a ship of Alexandria, which had wintered in the isle, whose sign was Castor and Pollux. And landing at Syracuse, we tarried there three days. And from thence, we fetched a compass and came to Regium, and after one day the south wind blew and we came to the next 
de Cutulia, where we found brethren and were desired to tarry with them seven days. And so we went toward Rome. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as Appii Forum, the three taverns. Oh, just a second, brother. You know, before we get too far away from it, did you notice during all that Haley and Paul was doing back up there, there wasn't a thing mentioned about anybody getting saved? Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Same way with the Lord Jesus. When he was healing people, salvation wasn't talked to. It wasn't a, in, in, uh, in all the cases, salvation didn't have anything to do with it. It was just his healing power. It wasn't a prerequisite. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Just something to think about. Go ahead. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as Appii Forum, the Appii. three taverns. Appii. Yeah, you can find Go ahead. Appii Forum. Fine, yeah, up, yeah, and the three taverns, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. And when he came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with the soldier that kept him. And it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, Though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. And when they had examined me, would have let me go, because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews speak against it, I was constrained to appeal to Caesar, not that I had ought to accuse my nation of. You know what, you know what, did you notice anything peculiar about what you just read? Who's he talking to? The Jews. And what does he say? Yeah. Oh, when the Jews. What does he say? He calls them both Jews. Yeah. Like what, but, but one's different than the other. See what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, but the book calls, um, but after three days, Paul called together, called the chief of the Jews together. Mm-hmm, and then he goes on and he, he talks about the Jews down in, down in Jer uh, Jerusalem. Like yes. there's a different bunch. Yes. Why would he call mm -hmm. them Jews? Why would he call them brethren? He don't. Right. <coughs> yeah, and before that, he called these Jews brethren. But That's he didn't right. necessarily right. use the word Jew to them. It's, it's, it's like me and Brother Tony was talking about the reason the King James translators used the word Jew like they did. And I, and I believe this with all my heart, that the word Jew in here is, is, is God, is, is one of God's keynotes to find out if you'll study this book or not. Because I've took you and shown you over and over and over again, we went through this a thousand. No, don't be exaggerating, Don.
Yes. And there's two, if you study, you don't have to change the word of God. While you're studying about the Jew, you find out all kinds of stuff about other stuff. You study to show yourself approved unto God, work needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I mean, it's so easy to change the word, see. Well, it wouldn't hurt to change this word. Well, yeah, maybe it might not hurt to change another word. And then it goes on, and where does it stop? Where does, where does the changing and adding and taking away, where does it stop? You understand my point, Brother Dave? Yes, yes, you can't change the way it's written. I you had, have to understand why it's there. That's right. I had somebody, but so-called big name we were talking about before the program, saying, made the comment one time, I don't know how in the world you can believe in the Anglo-Israel truth and believe the King James Bible is the way and, and be a King James Bible believer. Less than 10 foot away from where I'm sitting right now, that's what I heard. That's what he said. No, what you do is you just go write your own Bible and change every word you want to and make it say what you want it to. That's exactly what he did. I'm not making that up, I'm my brother Dave. No, he certainly did. When he wrote his own Bible, I mean, who Let's me and you, Dave. Let's write us one. You know, I wouldn't waste my breath. <laughs> I mean, let's write us one and make it say everything we want it to say to teach us to prove our doctrine, and then we'll just then we'll, and we'll, we'll make put a copyright on it. Yeah, put a copyright on it, man. I mean, where does it stop, people? Is there any common sense left in this country? Among our people, is, it, is there any spiritual understanding left? Uh, I mean, sometimes it just boggles the mind. Continue on, brother. In, in reference to that point, they just have not studied the King James Bible enough because when you study it in light of the Anglo-Israel message, you will see how explicitly the, the King James Bible brings that message out. It's very yeah. clear. It's written all over the place. You don't have to change anything. Just understand. No, do, do what? I'm sorry to interrupt. I didn't mean I, I said they just need to understand it and not yeah, worry about changing. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest problems is called spiritual understanding. And I think the biggest problem is in with them is in first Corinthians. This is this is my opinion. Turn to second first Corinthians chapter two. This is my okay. opinion about the bunch, okay? Folks, listen closely. This, and, and it's been my opinion. Brother Kevin can back me up. I've said it all along. Okay? Brother Dave's fixing to read it. Just start reading in chapter one. I mean, at okay. verse one. Okay. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save jesus christ and him crucified and i was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of god how be it 
we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. By the way, folks, let me throw in real quick. He's talking about the divine counsel there. So go ahead. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Mm, yes. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of men the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Watch it now, folks. Coming up. Go ahead. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? That's the Even natural so. man. That's the natural spirit that everybody has. Go ahead. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. That's exactly right. Anybody can read this book and get the black and white meaning. It's just like reading Moby Dick or Alcott on the Western Front. You can understand what it's saying by the paragraphs and by understanding English. But watch what's coming. Now we have received, yes. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Here's the answer right here. Go ahead. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, you see what I'm saying, Brother Day? Yes. They're lost. Yes. Absolutely lost. No spirit, the spirit of God not dwelling in them to teach them. You understand what I'm saying? Why I say that? Yes. Yes. That's been my answer to them from the very beginning. That's why they want to write a Bible. That's why they want to change the word of God. That's why they want to make it easier, quote unquote, easier to understand. That's why, folks. Now, that's the scripture said that. Brother Don didn't say that. The scripture did. The natural man cannot understand the word of God. Is that what it says or not, Brother Dave? Yes, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Yes. For they are spiritually discerned. Right? Ain't that what it says? Absolutely. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit, in Romans 8, the Spirit of God bears witness that we are the children of God, and the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If so be the Spirit of God dwelleth in you, as Paul says in the very same chapter. And I rest my case. Not my case. The, the, the Word of God rests its case. Continue reading here in Acts, brother. 
But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no, no man. In Acts, brother. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that. But that's good. Yeah. That's good stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. Acts 28, verse 20. For this cause, therefore, have I called for you, to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. And they said unto him, We neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came shoot or spake any harm of thee. But we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest, for as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. And when they had appointed time, him a, a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them. Excuse me, brother. I want y'all yes. to watch this closely. Many then, after a few came, then many came, many Jews. Now I want you to watch how they're split. Go ahead. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. Bingo. Say there, Brother Dave? Yes. They yes. were very interested, listening all day long for days. Many of them. Say they brought a bunch in. Some believed, and some believed not. Some of them were Israelites, and some of them trusted the word of God, and some didn't. And it ain't no different today. Period. Yes. Continue on. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. After that, Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by his eyes, the prophet, unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. Amen, amen, amen. And it still holds true today. Among, amongst, amongst everybody that hears the gospel. That sets on the sound of the teaching and preaching of the word of God. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. That's what, it's, that's what the book says, people. For the God of this world has blinded their eyes. At least the light of the glorious gospel. I forget the rest of the verse. Go read it, Brother Dave, if you don't mind. In okay. I think it's chapter four. Or if our gospel be hid, that's all you got to type in. Okay. 
think it's Second Corinthians four. I'm, yes. I'm almost positive it is. Yes, it is. Okay, I'll start at verse one. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Back to Acts. Let's finish it on out. Okay, be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Okay, now this is the end of the Acts of the Apostles. There we've went we've went over the so-called Sanini document twice, haven't we, Brother Dave? That yes, that's called the um, the twenty-ninth chapter of the Book of Acts. If there's any way that you could quickly pull it up, you could just read it real quick and let people just get out of it whatever they want to get out of it, okay? Because some of it does sound like Luke and some of it doesn't, okay? Okay. If you got um, it, it's real handy. Yeah. But, and before you start, let me make this statement, folks, okay? I'm not saying that this 29th chapter of Scripture by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying that it's a historical document that was found by a Frenchman, Sanini, and it's a, and, it, and it was about it, it, it. In other words, the French hated the English, okay, and it wound up in English hands. And uh, the Frenchman, and nobody hardly knows about it except those that are in the Anglo-Israel truth. Very few people know about it. Dr. Gene Scott's the one who brought it to my attention. But I, when as we've gone through this book of Acts, you've heard me bust in on Brother Dave two or three different times explaining how precise that Luke was in his historical account of what happened. Now, as we go into this document and go through it quickly, not making too many comments, if I make any, You'll see, you'll notice the preciseness departs at a certain place in this document, in this manuscript. Therefore, I cannot put a stamp of approval on yay or nay. I'm just saying that some of it lines up with the Anglo-Israel truth, 
and some of it lines up with scripture and some of it I have my doubts about. So brother Dave, if you would just go ahead and read it. And just, I tell you what, read the last verse, read verse 31 in Acts 28, then go right into the Sunini document. I'm trying to find a place where I can get it without all these comments. Um, <laughs> okay. Because there's, you know, like they give you a couple lines and they make a lot of comments. Oh, yeah. I probably have a link somewhere, but you do. You've read it before. Yes, and I would have saved that. Um, I'm, I'm doing not, this. I'm doing this, folks, for your edification. You have this between you and God. What you take out of this, but I am by no stretch of the imagination equating it with the Word of God. By no stretch. Dead air. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's I okay. Looking for it, brother. I'm just kidding around. Just yeah. talking. You be talking, okay? Well, yeah, I'm having trouble finding a good copy here, and I'm not. Oh, here. No. <laughs> okay, bro. Take your time. Find the one you want. Okay, here's a pretty good copy. Copy of the Sanini manuscript. Mm-hmm. Read, read verse 31 in Acts and then go okay. right into the Sanini document. Okay, Acts 28, verse 31. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Now, a copy of the Sanini manuscript, verse 1. And Paul, full of the blessings of Christ and abounding in the Spirit, departed out of Rome, determining to go into Spain. For he had a long time proposed to journey thitherward and was minded as to go from thence to Britain. For he had heard on Phoenicia that certain of the children of Israel about the time of the Assyrian captivity, had escaped by sea to the isles afar off, as spoken of by the prophet Ezra, and called by the Romans Britain. And the Lord commanded the gospel to be preached far hence to the Gentiles and to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 4, and no man hindered Paul, for he testified boldly of Jesus Christ before the tri tribunes and among the people. And he took with him certain of the brethren which abode with him at Rome, and they took shipping at Ostrium, and having the winds fair, were brought safely into a haven of Spain. And so far, it sounds, so, let me interrupt just a second. So far, it sounds Lukey. Okay, so far it, it's got the it's got it, it sounds Lukeish. I'm making up a word. Okay, so go ahead, brother. 
And much people were gathered together from the towns and villages in the hill country, for they had heard of the conversion of the apostles and the many miracles which he had wrought. And Paul preached mightily in Spain, and great multitudes believed and were converted, for they perceived he was an apostle sent from God. And they departed out of Spain, and Paul and his company, finding a ship in Amorica, sailed unto Britain. They were therein, and passing along the south coast, they reached a port called Raffinus. This is the Roman name for Sandwich in Kent in Saxon times. There was still standing in Sandwich an old house called the House of the Apostles, and tradition has it that Paul was one of the apostles. That was the oh, sign. Yeah. Yeah. Tradition has it that Paul was a Glastonbury. <laughs> yes. Now, I would say, go I, ahead. Wouldn't doubt, I wouldn't doubt it at all. Yes. Verse 8, now when it was voiced abroad that the apostles had landed on their coast, great multitudes of the inhabitants met him, and they tre treated Paul courteously, and he entered in at the east gate of their city and lodged in the house of an Hebrew and of one of his own nation. And on the morrow he came and stood upon Mount Lud, Ludgate Hill. Uh, should I read these notes? Slight note. Ludgate Hill. Okay, bro. In brackets, Ludgate Hill and Broadway, where St. Paul's Cathedral stands in London, England. And close bracket. And the people thronged at the gate, and they believed the word and testimony of Jesus. And even the Holy Ghost fell upon Paul, and he prophesied, saying, Behold, in the last days, the God of peace shall dwell in the cities and inhabitants thereof shall be numbered. And in the seventh numbering of the people, their eyes shall be opened and the glory of their inheritance shall shine forth before them. The nations shall come to worship on the mount that testifieth of the patience and long suffering of a servant of the Lord. Okay, let me let me stop you there and make a comment. There is no this is one of the the uh, ambiguities of this book. There is no place in the canonized scripture where Paul stops and makes a profound prophecy. There's no two witnesses. Okay, there's not another place where he makes a profound prophecy. Yeah, I know he makes small ones, like he prophesied, from, but the Lord told him that nobody would get hurt on the ship as long as they did what they're supposed to do. But there's no long, drawn-out, profound prophecy listed by Paul. Ignatius doesn't say that Paul made any long prophecies like that. Neither does Polycarp. Okay? Just say it. But I am saying that I believe in my heart that Paul made it to Glastonbury. And I believe where the Apostle Paul, I believe he physically got there and went there. Because it mentions he wanted to go to Spain, and he spent two years. You think he just sat there and just fiddled around? Paul was a mover and shaker. He, you couldn't keep him down. 
You know, you could this sap sucker wanted to go everywhere. Anyone, and he had a burden for his people. That's all positive things that you can look to to um, verify what's being said in this in this manuscript. You agree, Brother Dave? Yes, yes. And other apostles went to Spain as well. That's right. There's That's a long right. tradition of James going to Spain. And now this is a Catholic thing where there's a long route. That's oh, like yeah, 200 miles. And it's called, yeah, it's the way of James where James uh, traveled a long route and was preaching. And people make this journey every year, like this 200 oh, miles long wow. journey. Yeah, you know that the body of James supposed to got there by some cart being pulled through the woods with lights around it. I know <laughs> I've heard I've heard that story before, yeah. and I don't more believe the body of James is up there, and I do in Santa Claus. Okay. Yeah, I don't but, believe that part, but there's other. It's not just um, the reason why I said there's a Catholic element to it is because they're the ones that keep the tradition of walking this trail. It's a mountain trail. Mm -hmm. And I actually yeah. know a guy who did it a couple of years ago. It's very treacherous. And um, yeah, these were trails that the apostles went and preached on and went to villages and places up in the mountains. I believe that part it could, because there's other people that write about this tradition, not just that it's a, the Catholics alone that have that witness. You know, you know, a lot of people don't put much stock in um, an old historian I'm trying to think of his name off the top of my head, and it's it's it, the train is leaving the station. Uh, what is that historian's name? Josephus. Um, no, 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 no. It's later than Josephus. Um. Mm. Um. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's right. I don't know. I was thinking about him today. No, I can't think of his name. It'll probably come to me in a few minutes. But anyway, what I was going to say, what I thoroughly believe, and I believe there's enough, there's enough tra tradition, true tradition and evidence, is Paul made it to Glastonbury. Joseph of Arimathea definitely was there. And yes. Mary Magdalene definitely was there. And I believe, I believe that with all my heart. I believe there's enough evidence, real evidence, to back it up, okay? And I believe that Glastonbury actually is the first church there. Don't yes. you, Brother Dave? You believe that? Yes. Yes, it is. And I, I think there's enough physical evidence and enough historical evidence to, to back it up. And the old guy's name almost, I almost said his name. Um, 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 oh, shoot. There is a... Uh, a document that I read, and it would take me quite a while to find it, but I'm sure I have the link, where the Pope, uh, an ancient Pope, back in four or 500 AD, said and acknowledged that the English church, the church in England pre-existed the Roman church, and he acknowledged that. But you wouldn't ever find that publicly acknowledged, nor would you hear any other documents anywhere saying that that's right and that's another reason that 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 frenchman 
would never go along with the English on anything. They hated England, okay? The French yes. did. So for him to bring this document forth, it definitely is not a, a forgery that he did, okay? He found it in Turkey. It's definitely not a um, document that he forged. So where it come from, nobody knows. What is that historian's name? Doggone it, that's just eating me alive. Um, when Mama, Jesus Mama, appeared, Mama. you know, around, uh, you know, when Jesus appeared, his, um, at, you know, when he had the cane and the wedding and all this, no one knew who he was. Who is right. this? They didn't acknowledge him. They did. Oh, that's Joe supposed to be Joseph's son. They were asking around. They didn't, they didn't, weren't living with him for 13 years. They didn't that's know right. who he was. That's so right. Jesus himself was gone for a period of time from the Middle East, from Palestine. Jeffrey Amarna. That's the historian. Oh, ah, yeah, I remember you talking about him. Jeffrey Amarna. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I knew it'd come to me eventually. Okay. Go ahead and finish that book up, brother, that chapter. Up. Yes. Okay, verse 11. And in the latter days, new tidings of the gospel shall issue forth out of Jerusalem. And the hearts of the people shall rejoice, and behold, fountains shall be opened, and there shall be no more plague. And in those days there shall be wars and rumors of war. And now, here is where, this right here is where it starts getting fishy. Go ahead. Even in though the other scriptures back it up, it don't sound like Luke. Go ahead. In those days there shall be wars and rumors of wars, and a king shall rise up, and his sword shall be for the healing of the nations and his peacemaking shall abide and the glory of his kingdom wander among princes. And it shall come to pass that certain of the Druids came unto Paul privately and showed by their rites and ceremonies that they were descended from Jews, Judites, which escaped from bondage in the land of Egypt. And the apostle believed these things and he gave them the kisses of peace. Verse 14, and Paul abode in his lodging three months and confirming in the faith and preaching Christ continually. And after these things, Paul and his brethren departed from Raphinus and sailed unto Atium in Gaul. And Paul preached in the Roman garrison among the people, exhorting all men to repent and confess all their sins. And there came to him certain of the Belgae to inquire of him the new doctrine and of the man Jesus. And Paul opened his heart unto them and told them all things that had befallen him, howbeit that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And they departed, pondering among themselves upon the things which they had heard. And after much preaching and toil, Paul and his fellow laborers passed into Helvita, that would be Switzerland, right? And yep. came to Mount Pontius Pilate, where he who condemned the Lord Jesus dashed himself down headlong and so miserably perished. And this immediately- is, This is where I yeah. get this. This is all, see, I, the first part sounds authentic because it sounds historical like Luke, like Luke the historian, the doctor. 
But this other part, it, it sounds like they picked and chose and put the stuff in there. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, There's and no even, even the part yeah. about the Druids from claiming that they came from Egypt, that goes right in line with the historical belief of Zarah Judah, who left yes. Egypt. Yes, it does. And went yes. to the Isles. Mm -hmm. Like I'm saying, historically, this stuff, it, 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 there's a lot of truth to it. But the first half, I believe, this is Lukeish. Like I said, I made up a word. It, it seems it sounds just like Luke. And then it goes into this other stuff, which may be historical fact. It may be, but as far as Luke writing it, it don't sound like Luke. If you if you know anything about textual criticism and are, and and are, are adept enough, if you've read enough and you you pick up on personalities and the way people read. I mean, the way people do things and the way the King James translators translated, you see the difference. You, you, immediately, you immediately see how it departs from the way they were translating the other part of the book of Acts. Do you understand what I'm saying, Brother Dave? Oh, yeah, you can sense it as soon as you start reading it, yeah. Okay, continue on. And I and came, stop. Okay. And came to Mount Pontius Pilate, where he condemned the Lord Jesus, dashed himself down headlong, and so miserably perished. And immediately a torrent gushed out of the mountain and washed his body, broken in pieces into a lake. And Paul stretched forth his hands upon the water and prayed unto the Lord, saying, O Lord God, give a sign unto all nations that here Pontius Pilate, which condemned thy only begotten son, plunged down headlong into the pit and while paul was yet speaking behold there came a great earthquake and the face of the waters were changed in the form of the lake like the son of man <coughs> hanging in an agony upon the cross and a voice came out of the heavens saying even pilate hath escaped the wrath to come for he washed his hands before the multitude at the blood shedding of the lord jesus when therefore Paul and those that were with him saw the earthquake and heard the voice of the angel, they glorified God and were mightily strengthened in the spirit. And they journeyed and came to Mount Julius, where stood two pillars, one on the right hand and one on the left hand, erected by Caesar Augustus. And Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, stood up between the two pillars, saying, Men and brethren, these stones which ye see this day shall testify of my journey hence and i verily say they shall remain until the outpouring of the spirit upon all israel well it doesn't say that sorry all nations but in brackets israel i question that neither shall the, the way be hindered throughout all generations verse 26 and they went forth and came unto elitricum and to and to go by Macedonia into Asia, and grace was found in all the churches, and they prospered and had peace. Amen. Okay, that's just that's good enough. Like I said, it sounded like there's some historical fact in there, and it sounded like what this is my opinion. Somebody found part of Luke continuing on, and it the other part was destroyed. And they went back in the scriptures and took some of the historical facts and put it together themselves. 
hence the 29th chapter of the book of Acts. Dismiss us in a word of prayer. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks for this evening. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the book of Acts. I pray, Lord, that you continue to bring to memory to us the things that were taught here and expounded upon tonight and to go from these words and to teach us those things that we personally need to bring into our own life to work upon in service to the Lord Jesus Christ, those areas that need to be strengthened, need to be renewed or remedial work needs to be done, correction. And Lord, I, I pray in Jesus' name for all those who are a part or have been a part in the past of this ministry, Lord, and there are many names and we pray for them. Usually daily I pray for them, but I, I, I can't say that it's been every single day, but Lord, often very often and i pray lord for these people that you know their names lord you know who they are i pray that you will continue to work in their heart in their minds perfecting them unto the day of the lord even if they never come here again but i pray that they do and i pray yes. that they fellowship with us and i pray all these things in the name of jesus so be it amen amen and i pray father god for brother Tim's family that they would not get mixed up with this multicultural racism, Father, yes, uh, this racist stuff and everything, getting mixed up with the other races. I pray you keep put a hedge about them, keep them separate from all that stuff, Father, in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. The contact information for Don Spears Ministries. Telephone number is three. Three four three nine seven two three three three. The email is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. You can go to PayPal, enter respect to the Lord at yahoo.com and make an offering to the Lord Jesus Christ through this ministry. Pastor Don's personal address for another month will is three one five five Louisville Street. Apartment D1, file, Alabama, zip code 36017, 36017. And we're on talk show now, Friday and Sunday. Monday's suspended for a little while until our dear brother Kevin can get some business taken care of. And there mm -hmm. you can see, because it's on the screen, if you're uh, on uh, YouTube, you should be able to see it www.talkshoe.com backslash studio backslash four nine seven one three four five go to that link and you can join us every friday and sunday thank you good night all and folks i appreciate any help you can send this way like i said i'm fixing to get making a move and i appreciate any help that the lord lays on your heart thank you very much god bless each and every one of you and until we see you um Sunday night, and uh, God bless you, and I hope you have a good weekend. Good night, everyone. Good night, and I would just like to exhort my dear American brothers, and please don't take this the wrong way, but you know what? I was thinking about this today, and I would say, and I don't know all the giving of everyone, but probably among the biggest givers that Pastor Don, who's an American, has had have been four Canadian brothers up here. Chad, 
Sergio, Joe, and myself. And I'm asking my American brothers to step up to the plate and look after their American pastor in the name of Jesus. So be it. Thank you, Brother Dave. But don't forget Brother Kevin. Please. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I was just talking about the Canadian givers. Yeah, Kevin's a faithful giver. Amen. Brother Kevin has been the stalwart of this whole ministry, and and God has given him so much grace and and um, give him so much character to be able to hold this thing on his shoulders for so long. I stand amazed and I still say he is the backbone of this ministry, though he never Agreed. says a word. Though he never says a word. You folks need to remember him in prayer. You need to do anything you can for him. May the Lord lead you to do for him. Okay? And he's going to get mad because I brought it up, but I'm doing it because I love him and I know what he's done. And he's been with me from the very get-go, and and he, he his loyalty is unsurpassed. So good night, everyone. Love you, each and every one of you, and we will see you, Lord willing, help permitting Sunday night. Good night. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.